Well, for the younger ones, we know that when Mary was doing her own thing in her own home, an angel, do you remember the angel's name? Gabriel, right, came to Mary and said, guess what? You're going to be the mother of Jesus. And she was a little bit amazed at first, but then <clears throat> truly what the angel said happened. So Jesus gave birth. And it was a wonderful thing. And then an angel also appeared to shepherds who were working in the middle of the night watching their sheep. And they said, don't be afraid because I want to tell you that the Savior, the Messiah, has been born in Bethlehem. And you'll find that baby, that Messiah, wrapped in snugly clothes and lying in a manger. And then if you remember the story, the whole heavenly host, I mean, probably more angels than we can even count, were there with that angel that spoke with the shepherds and sang this beautiful song. And they basically said this, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. And all those with whom God is pleased includes you and me because here it is more than 2,000 years later and we're still hearing the story. We're still hearing in our heads the music of the angels singing to the shepherds and we're still telling that story to each other so that we don't forget what a beautiful day this was when Jesus was born in Bethlehem to come and be with all of us and to show us that God loves us so much. One of the things we have to remember is that just like the shepherds when they heard the angels sing and they ran to Bethlehem and they saw Mary and they saw Joseph, they said, guess what we just saw and heard? And they told the story all over again. And so that's how the story has come all the way down to us. And that's why we're retelling it. Last night we retold it. Today we're telling it again that Jesus Christ is born in Bethlehem to come to save us and bring us light and peace and love and hope and all the things that God would want from us. So it wouldn't hurt for us, maybe, to repeat the song of the angels. You think we can do that together? Line by line, repeat after me. Glory to God. Glory, Glory to God. In the highest heaven. In the highest heaven. And peace on earth. And peace on earth. To those with whom God is pleased. To those who in God is pleased. Great job. I think we could all be part of the angel chorus. Let's do it. So, let's do a quick prayer. Gracious God, we thank you for bringing Jesus into the world. We thank you that we can gather together, even on Zoom, to celebrate his birthday. 
And we ask that you would help us to always, in every time and every place, when it's possible that we can share the song of the angels with people in our world as we know it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And now for all of us, I wonder if you have favorite Christmas places. Where are the places you might rather be today if you weren't home alone during pandemic? Perhaps you would want to go back where you came from, your home, and be with your family and friends. Or maybe you'd want to be in the home of your children or some other special place that brings back memories of Christmas's past and brings family and loved ones together. Most of my favorite Christmas memories revolve around being home with my family when I was a child. Or I have some interesting memories. I'll have to tell you more about them someday. I think you might already know this. When I was a young pastor, I would always invite people to Thanksgiving and Christmas and Easter dinner to the parsonage. And I would cook a huge meal, which for someone who doesn't like to cook was a huge task. But we always had a lovely and wonderful time. And it was like family being together and that's the way it should have been for us, right? So sometimes the memories of places we would rather be, rather than being home alone today, are places like that. And then I'm always mindful of the families that have to balance things out because they have this family and that family. They have mother's family, father's family, maybe their own family, maybe friends and others that have become a family. And so you try to figure it out. How can we be in all those places over the course of a few days or a week? And then I suspect that there are people that maybe don't have strong memories of places like home or our hometown, but maybe there are people who want to go away for Christmas. <clears throat> Hawaii, Mexico, Disneyland, a mountain lodge. Maybe people are looking forward to just getting away to a place where they don't have to cook and do the dishes. You might think that Bethlehem would be a great place to celebrate Christmas. I've been in Bethlehem. It wasn't exactly as I had imagined, although that is something that I have to learn to deal with better. Uh, I've always been disappointed. I get these great images in my head of these spectacular places and then they don't quite live up to my expectations. But uh, here I was in Bethlehem. There were thousands of tourists and pilgrims who were there, and I wasn't ready for that. Uh, there was a huge cathedral above the place where people believed that Jesus was born. There were Israeli guards standing by, even though this was Palestinian territory, standing by with their guns, which was a little bit off-putting for me. And as you went down through the caverns, 
uh, beneath the cathedral, you went through several shrines. And in these shrines, there were all kinds of gold uh, candelabras and great displays and pictures. And I'm thinking that it isn't exactly, again, how I picture the birth of Jesus in a manger or a stall or a small cave. I really, in my mind, had a better image of the birth of Jesus when I was in Bethlehem, when I had the opportunity to leave the city and go out and wander into the hills and experience what might have been a place where the shepherds might have heard this wonderful chorus of angels singing. I would still encourage you to go to Bethlehem if you had the opportunity. But maybe a place is not the best context for Christmas. In fact, in John's Gospel, we hear his declaration that the Word became flesh and lived among us full of grace and truth. Certainly, the Christian faith has its share of holy places. We have many beautiful cathedrals and commemorative shrines and historical locations and places for pilgrims to gather. But Jesus, the Word, entered into the stuff of human life and his presence brings focus into our human relationships. Maybe the places of Christmas are not as important as the relationships of Christmas. There are people that we love whose very presence we treasure. There are people we love who maybe are new in our lives. Maybe they're not blood relatives, but they're such dear friends who are always there with us to share important times of our life. What a gift it is to have these friendships and relationships to think about and to cherish and to be grateful for. But this Christmas story transcends the times of family and friendships and announces God's desire to transform every relationship. Whenever I get caught up in Christmas's warm glow, I'm reminded of a Christmas sermon preached by Martin Luther in the 16th century in Germany. Luther spoke lovingly and tenderly about Jesus' birth and how sad it was that the only room for Mary and Joseph and the baby was found with the livestock. He said in his sermon, I imagine some of you good people of this city are thinking, Oh, if I had only been there, I would have taken them in. I would have made room for them. I would have taken care of the sweet little Jesus. I would have wrapped him in blankets and changed his diapers. Then Luther changes direction with his message. And he says, oh, no, you wouldn't have. Shame on you, Christian people. You think you would have done that back then, but even now you fail to see Christ in your neighbor. You won't care for one another or share what you have with one another. 
This word made flesh desires that we see Jesus Christ in our neighbor. It's a tender story, but with transforming power. The baby born in that barn or that cave so long ago longs to see us and be with us and bring his godly presence from us to others. The object of our love wants us to look just as lovingly at those others with whom we share our life with this planet. God became human and lived among us. Our favorite places then for Christmas are not as important as God's favorite places. God lives in relationships and God seeks to live within each of us. We use language of heart, spirit, soul to name the place of God. Heart seems to contrast itself with mind. Spirit is often the opposite of body. I really prefer the word soul to speak of oneself. God doesn't just flit by and sit on the surface. God anchors our depths deep down in our soul. And there's a hidden nature to God. It isn't all that obvious to everyone that the images of the baby in the manger lead us directly to the heart of God. The story of Jesus is much more than a birth story. It's the beginning of a continuing saga of great compassion, gentle healings, mighty deeds, inspiring teachings filled with liberating wisdom, heartbreaking sacrificial love. His presence evokes a conflict between good and evil that culminates in what appears to be the end of his life. But God brought a new kind of life out of Jesus' death that vindicates everything about Jesus. And in that context, we hear this story of his birth. There's almost something whimsical about God's preferred means of touching us. God's tangible entry point to earth did not come in the form of wealth and power, military might, or political maneuvering. God took on the skin of a baby, needy and dependent and vulnerable. God's disguise could have fooled them all, but an angel told Mary, and Joseph had a dream, and a host of angels sang to the shepherds, and a great star was the sign to the magi. You and I have heard the testimony of some who have gone before us, and the repeated story works on us. The fact that it won't go away is a tribute to God's great desire to take up residency within each one of us deep down in our soul. And from that place of dwelling, God seeks to transform us to shape our lives so that we can see signs of Christ all over the world in this story, in one another, and among those in need. And therefore, through us,
God transforms the world. This is a good place to be at Christmas, among the people of God who keep telling the same story of the wonders of God coming to live among us. Amen. Thanks be to God.